Well, good morning. Uh, it is it is a, a pleasure to be here uh, back with you. I feel like over the past several weeks I've been gone as much as I've been here in Seattle and, and with everyone from Lamb of God. So it's just a joy to, to be back with you all. Many of you know that uh, over the, the last week I've been away with, with our youth at the 2016 LCMS National Youth Gathering. And uh, that was just an exciting event. And, and Amber, could you just come up here for me and help me with something? You don't have to say anything. You just have to help me hold this. I promise. So the, the theme for, for the youth gathering this year was, uh, was In Christ Alone. And, uh, and I just want to show you this very quickly, uh, just as uh, at least just a starter, to show you a little bit why, uh, why it was worth all the time and the energy uh, to go up. Can we just hold this a, a little bit higher? Uh, as we talked about this theme of In Christ Alone, there's a several things that we talked about that we find in Christ and nowhere else. We talked about how we find our joy in Christ alone. We talked about how we find our identity in Christ alone, which has been a word that's been kind of a big one here at Lamb of God, talking about our identity as children who are loved and living in Jesus, and that we find that in Christ and nowhere else. And we talked about how in Christ alone we are an echo of his humility, echoing out into the world, showing people Christ, and how even more than that, we are a community that is gathered together and united by Christ alone. Uh, and it was uh, an exciting opportunity. You can put that down and find your seat. Um, being gathered together with that community, being reminded uh, not only what makes us as a congregation one, uh, but what makes us one with Christians throughout the world is Christ and Christ alone. In, in a world that is filled with, with division and hatred, we have this promise that we are united, we are joined together uh, by Christ. And, and it was awesome uh, being with our young people, uh, sharing in that, seeing that, being gathered with about 25,000 other youth and adults from across our synod, all celebrating what we have in Jesus and Jesus alone. And I was proud of, of the way that our kids behaved down there. They even voluntarily sat through me giving an hour-long presentation down there. I didn't even make them do it. They chose to. Um, and after doing that three times during the youth gathering, I figure that this morning either one of two things is going to happen. I'm going to go on for roughly an hour, and it's going to be a long afternoon. Uh, or this is going to last, it's going to be about five-minute sermon. Uh, so let's pray for the, for the latter rather than the former. But I really feel like uh, this text from Colossians this morning is really the perfect text to, to return to after reflecting on this theme of in Christ alone. Because what Paul gives us here is, is again and again statement that an, statements that answer this question, who is this Jesus? Who, who is this Christ that we gather and worship together each week? Uh, who is he? And, and Paul just kind of lays out this resume of Jesus and, and gives us these words that are very foundational to what we call our Christology. Christology literally just means a word about Christ. It, Christology is who we say Jesus is. And Paul gives us a major window into that. And he says, beginning in Colossians 1, verse 15, that Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authority. 
all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things hold together. We just have profound statement after statement of who this Jesus is. He's the image of the invisible God. Right? You remember back when Israel wandered through the desert with God. They could never look upon his face. Even Moses, God's servant, could only see God's back. Could not look upon his face. But in Jesus, we have the very image of this unseen God. That if you have seen Jesus, you have seen and you know the Father. In Jesus, God has come and made himself known to us personally. And says that he is the firstborn of all creation. Paul speaks of Jesus' status in relation not just to God, but in relation to humanity and all creation. He's the firstborn. Just as the firstborn was the one who received the double portion of the inheritance, Jesus is the one who is worthy of the inheritance of the Father. Everything that God has made has been entrusted to Jesus. And because of this, because of this status as the firstborn, everything is subject to Jesus. It says, For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities, all things were created through Him and for Him. It was all created by Him. It was all created through Him. It was all made for Him. Therefore, everything is subject to Him. Which is really good news for those of you who are maybe a little uncertain about some of our options for world leaders right now. Because we have this promise that because of Jesus, things are not going to just fall apart. Because in Jesus, everything holds together. Whether it be your life that you feel like is falling apart, or, or a nation that you feel is falling apart, or, or a world that feels like it's falling apart, it is all holding together in Jesus. And if that weren't enough of a resume... Paul goes on and he says that Jesus is the head of the body, the church, the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. As we think of that church, that community that we have been gathered together into, Paul reminds us that while we have a role, while we are parts of that body, Jesus is the head of it all. Jesus is in charge. Jesus calls the shots. So once again, if you feel or you fear that the church is passing away, that we're struggling, that we're dying, we don't have to fear that. So long as Jesus is the head of the church, we're not going anywhere. Told that he's the firstborn from the dead. And if Jesus is the firstborn from the dead, the, the first to rise from the dead, well then the assumption there is that many more are going to rise too. That you and I have that same promise that just as Jesus rose, we will also rise. In Jesus, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Jesus is not God light. He's not sort of like God, or he's not a lesser God, or he's not just an example of what's pleasing to God. No, no, no. Jesus is the very fullness of God in human form. 
If you desire to know God, look no further than Jesus. And God has done this. He's united himself with humanity, all to make peace by the blood of his cross, to bring creation back to himself. You know, I don't know if you've uh, ever watched someone who, who is just a master of their craft and, and watch them while they're at work. Or, or if you've seen someone who, who's an expert in their field and, and listen to them lecture, a lot of times there can be two responses to these kinds of things. We stand in, in wonder and awe of someone who is really good at what they do. The other thing that we do is, is we can also be led into a little bit of self-loathing. Self-loathing. We look at someone who's phenomenal at what they do, and then we look at ourselves and we're like, I can never attain that. Uh, Today is actually the conclusion of the 2016 Tour de France, uh, which for me as a a cycling fan is is the high point uh, of of the year. And and watching those guys ride and and following uh, that event... uh, it is really quite phenomenal because you watch these men who have, who have honed their bodies to ride bicycles. It, it, it's extraordinary at how fast they can go. Uh, these men climb up mountain, climb up mountain roads on their bikes faster than I could dream of even going on flat ground. And, and I look at them and, and I watch them ride and, and it's extraordinary. It's awe-inspiring, but at the same time, it makes me feel really slow and really lazy. That, that no matter how fast I might think I am, I watch them and I'm like, oh my goodness. I will never be able to attain that level. And I think sometimes looking at Jesus and who he is can cause us to do the same thing to ourselves. We look at the perfection of Christ... We look at him as this faithful, obedient servant of the Father. And we easily begin to feel like, I can never attain that. And that's okay. Jesus was God, you're not. But but it can easily lead us into self-loathing. And Paul doesn't shy away from that here. Because as Paul answers this question, who is Jesus, and says all of these things like, in him the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and that in him all things hold together, he also answers this question, well, who am I? And he says, you, you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, that's who you are. Or at least that's who you were. You were once alienated from God. You were cut off from Him. You were, you were far off from God because of sin and disobedience. You, you were not only cut off from God, you were, you were hostile to God in your thoughts. Everything that God is, we hated. And we did evil deeds, not just bad things. Downright evil things in the sight of God. On our own, that is simply who we are and who we will be. But notice that Paul puts it in the past tense. You who once were alienated and hostile in mind. You who once were doing evil deeds. 
All as if to say, that's not who you are anymore. That was your identity, but no longer is that your identity in Jesus. You don't have to fear God. You you don't have to look at Jesus and say, look how magnificent He is and look at how awful I am. All because Jesus in His glory, Jesus in His perfection, gave Himself for you. He's done something about our state. Paul says, You who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, He has now reconciled in His body of flesh by His death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before Him. He's reconciled you. Jesus has brought you back to God. No longer is your identity one who is alienated from God. Paul says now you're one who is holy and set apart by God. Now your identity is not hostile to God. No, instead now you're blameless. Jesus' perfection has become your perfection because he laid down his life on the cross. You are now above reproach. No one can bring any sort of accusation against you because of what Christ the perfect Son of God has done for you. You know, I think of all the incredible things that Paul could say about Jesus. Perhaps the most incredible thing that he says here about Jesus, perhaps the most amazing and awe-inspiring thing is that Jesus laid down all the glory, all of the honor that was due to him because of his status. He laid it all down for you. Also that you could be brought back to God. Also that he could present you as one who is holy and blameless in his sight. Also that you could be called his child. And in response to that, what is our call? It's simply this. Don't go back. Don't don't, don't go back to the alienation. Don't go back to the hostility. Don't go back to the evil. Instead, claim that identity as God's child. Live as one who is holy and blameless and above reproach. That's what Paul says here in verse 23. He says, If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. Look at Christ. See His perfection. See who He is. See in Him the very image of the invisible God, the one in whom all things hold together. Look at Christ and acknowledge who you once were, but know that because He has laid that all down for you, you are that no longer. Now you're holy. Now you're blameless. Now you are above reproach. Don't go back to what what you once were. Continue in that faith. Continue stable, steadfast. And may you find that in Jesus... All things, all creation, your entire life, and and maybe even more importantly, your salvation 
in Jesus holds together. Amen?